Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, where we shine the spotlight on the many but often ignored positive happenings, activities, projects and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, Red Stripe, Kyramed and Proven Investments Limited. My name is Keisha Hill and welcome to Impacting Jamaica. Today we speak with the Reverend Dr. Earl Mons Williams. He's the president of the Bethel Barber College in Pool Pool Mandible, Manchester. Reverend Williams, thank you for joining us on Impacting Jamaica. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with you. Well, something very interesting about uh, Reverend Williams is that he is not Jamaican. He grew up <laughs> in the state. He grew up in um, St. Vincent and the Grenadines. And we're going to start by asking Reverend Williams, what was it like for you growing up in St. Vincent and the Grenadines? Oh, yes, indeed. I am a Vincentian by birth. I... I did grow up there in a village on what they call the windward side of the island. That's basically country, <laughs> right? And the village is called Byra Village. I spent my first 16 years there. Um, it was basically good. You know, I, I had a, a great childhood. Um, especially, you know, outdoors. We, we basically lived outdoors. We did a lot of things outdoors. Um, I can recall that my childhood was filled with a lot of fun uh, and laughter. Uh, but, you know, as I reflect on that childhood, we were pretty poor, but it, it really wasn't a big issue for us because we enjoyed ourselves. We, we enjoyed being outside and exploring nature, um, playing games and just living life. Being poor for us at the time wasn't an issue. We didn't even think about it. Um, we just lived and lived life at the time I felt to the fullest. I can recall um, going to primary school, you know, basically barefoot, you know, you just walk barefoot to and from school, you know, your feet too white like chalk and those kinds of stuff. But, you know, um, I think they were pretty good days, challenging days at times as well, especially um, relative to the socioeconomic circumstances, finding food to eat was a challenge at different times. Um, but, Essentially, it was a pretty good experience overall. So, Rev, you grew up in the barefoot days, yeah, white foot walking to school without yeah. shoes and all of that. But you just mentioned that uh, you were poor, but you didn't even know that you were poor. Exactly. And you had a great, great childhood in terms of playing outdoors and being around your family and friends. Uh, tell us a little bit about your family. Um, who did you live with? Do you have any siblings? 
Great. Um, you know, I can recall for the first five years of my life, I, I lived with my mother and, uh, and uh, my stepfather at the time. And then she left and went to Trinidad uh, when I was five. I can recall crying when she was leaving. Yeah, I, I, it was a difficult time for me. And she was uh, in Trinidad until I turned, what, 16? So she was away for 11 years. So uh, during that time, I lived with my grandmother, and that's my maternal grandmother, and uh, some aunts. Um, uh, life was challenging, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, in terms of finding food at times. Um, but life was exciting, you know, we had some great times playing ring games, outdoor uh, activities and all of that. I can what, recall... Uh, you, you mentioned yes. ring, ring games. What, 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 were, what were the names of some of those? You know, Jamaican, we have our Chinese scape and our ring games. What were some of the names of yours? Um, that's a good question. I'm, I'm trying to recall. Uh, the names, I can recall one of them um, that goes like this. There is a brown girl in the ring, cha-la-la-la-la, those yes, kinds of stuff. Yes, we have that in Jamaica too, the brown yeah. girl in the ring, cha-la-la-la-la. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you had a great childhood despite the challenges. Now, very interesting point that we want to raise here is what led to your decision to become a Christian? And you did this at a very early age. So what prompted you to make this decision? You know, this is a, a tremendous question. And as I reflect on my journey, I didn't plan to become a Christian. Immediately after graduating from high school um, in 1993, I, I decided to go to a youth camp with a friend of mine from, from school. The friend called me and said, Earl, uh, there's going to be a New Testament Church of God youth camp. A whole heap of girls will be there. Let's go to youth camp, man. Yes, <laughs> so I said, girls. He used reverse psychology on you. Hey? Yes, man. <laughs> I said, girls, well, I'm going to be there. And so I went to the youth camp and... Uh, we were actually checking out the girls for the entire camp. It lasted for a week. And then on the final day, which was a Sunday, just before we left the Monday, um, a, a pastor was preaching. He was the camp director as well. And my friends and I were at the back, you know, just playing around and, you know, just enjoying ourselves. And he was there preaching out his soul. And then he made an altar call. And I just found myself listening into him for whatever reason. To be honest with you, I'm not too, too sure why I started to listen to him. And uh, uh, he made a, a great appeal. And I just found myself at the altar. I surrendered my life. And it has not been the same ever since. So you went I, to this crusade with the intention to check out girls. Yes, the youth camp. guess what? God checked you out. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I checked you out, and as you mentioned, your life has not been the same since. Exactly. Now, when you chose to give your life to God, 
as you mentioned, you, you did so at the New Testament Church of God. What, why did you continue in that denomination? Yeah, that's a great question. You're asking some great questions. <laughs> um, the youth camp was run by the New Testament Church of God. I, I didn't know much about the New Testament Church of God, to be honest with you. Um, but because I liked the young people, I liked the worship, I liked what I saw. The, the camp director was a pastor in the New Testament Church of God. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to continue with these folks. So I decided to, after leaving the youth camp, attend the nearest New Testament Church of God to where I was living. And, and the rest, they say, is history. Well, as history would have started somewhere, uh, you, after you committed your life to God and you found this church, uh, you're going to tell us the name of the church, but you're going to tell us also what were some of your early positions in the church because you seem to have just blended in nicely after this. So. Yes, I, I did blend in quite nicely indeed. The name of the church uh, at the time, I think it's, it still has the name, is the Georgetown New Testament Church of God, which was about roughly 10 miles or so away from where I was living. Um, and uh, I started to attend the Sunday school and the services. And I grew very fast. I grew fast spiritually in my understanding of doctrine and practice of the church. Uh, and so within two years, I was the youngest member to be elected to the church and pastor's council. Uh, of that church, and I was uh, teaching Sunday school, teaching Bible study, preaching, uh, and uh, working in the youth department. I became the youth fellowship president around that time as well. So I was I was greatly involved in the church within basically no time. And you decided that this is not where I want to stay. I want to go further in learning about God and contributing to religion. So you made a decision to come to Jamaica, land oh, of yeah. food and water. All <laughs> right, so what made you decide to come to Jamaica apart from my intro, just brief introduction? And was there much difference with your standard of living when you came to Jamaica? Okay, you know, that decision to come to Jamaica um, I wouldn't say it was a, a mystery, um, but it was, it, you have to be a, a Christian who's in tune with God to understand fully. I, I was just propelled internally to, to um, leave for Jamaica. Um, I didn't know much about Jamaica. All I knew was that the New Testament Church of God uh, had a college in Jamaica called Bethel Bible College, and I wanted to study at Bethel. That's all. I, I can't say there was anything that prompted me to want to do it, um, anything external you know, to me at the time. I, I just heard about Bethel Bible College, and I just wanted to attend the college. I, I, I guess, you know, many persons in church circles would say it was, I was being led by the spirit and I would have to agree. 
I, I didn't want to stay in my community at all. Um, I sat one evening and I looked at the community. I looked at all the youngsters and others drinking, getting drunk and gambling and all of that, going to dance hall. And I, I was overwhelmed with, with, you might say sorrow. I, I felt sorry for them that they were wasting their lives. I started to cry. And I said to God, I don't want to stay here. I want to leave and I want to live a better life and even return to have a great impact on them so that they can change their lives. You know, and so, about it, um, Reverend Williams, when you were speaking, uh, you saw them in this state and I said to myself, I'm going to ask you the question, in what way would you help <laughs> as a Christian to change these persons? So... Yeah, right. I what what I felt at the time I needed to do was to leave and be prepared to have an impact uh, spiritually in terms of evangelism, but also socially in terms of making a difference um, in their lives, getting them to rethink how they were living and focus on social advancement, um, zeroing in on helping children and young people to not go in the direction of social decay, drinking rum and gambling and wasting their lives, but, but you know, getting to a point where they can build homes and, and businesses, you know, invest in businesses and so on. Those are the things I was thinking at the time, you know? So I, I prayed about it and I said to my father, I wanna leave, I wanna go to Jamaica, I want to study at Bethel, and I don't know what's going to happen afterwards, but I want to leave this place. I can recall my father saying to me, you sure you want to go to Jamaica? Why Jamaica? Because of the reputation that Jamaica had at the time. You know, I said, I don't, I, I, I just want to go, Daddy, and uh, uh, this is what I believe God wants me to do. And he said, well, if that's what you want to do, I will support you. And uh, he did just that. And I came to Jamaica to study at Bethel Bible College. Right. So that's the Bethel Bible College of the Caribbean. Right. All right. So we are going to take a break now to hear from our sponsors. We are actually speaking with the Reverend Dr. Ermont Williams. He is the president of the Bethel Bible College of the Caribbean. Grace has been part of some special moments over the years, helping to make them, well, more memorable, even when they're a little bit unexpected. And with 100 years of great taste behind us, you can be sure we'll be making even more moments for 100 years to come. Grace, taste that moves you. Searching for a one-stop solution to all your facility's maintenance needs? Visit Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center. We stock a wide range of COVID-19 washroom cleaning and other supplies, gardening tools, chemicals, and more. Our experts are always ready to give you the best advice. Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center, 14 Collins Green Avenue, Kingston, Freeport Commercial Center, Montego Bay, and 33 Ward Avenue, Mandeville. Visit or call us today, 876-920-47215. Come back. I know Pinky 
this time. Akeisha. Keisha. Just like me tell Pinky. Give GPS your number and then we'll send your text with them things here. So you can stop, knock me door. What you mean? DM or call JPS and tell them to add your phone number to your account and you will know everything all the time. You're not for us. Send your current contact information and always be in the know. Visit jpsgo.com for more info. Thank you for staying with us on Impact in Jamaica. We are speaking with the Reverend Dr. Earlmont Williams. He's the president of the Bethel Bible College of the Caribbean. And this institution is located in the cool, cool hills of Mandeville in Manchester. Reverend Williams has been telling us about his time in the St. Vincent and the Grenadines, because that's where he grew up. And he has also been describing his early childhood days and what led to his decision to become a Christian, right? Now, since coming to Jamaica, Reverend Williams, to pursue your educational goals, what have been some of your substantive roles in academia? Okay, let me just start by saying that I, I completed the Bachelor of Theology degree that I came to do at Bethel. Should have done it in four years. I did it in three. I pushed very hard to get it done in three years. I graduated with first class honors. I left for the Caribbean Graduate School of Theology where I did two master's degrees, a master of arts in interdisciplinary studies with uh, an emphasis in counseling psychology, graduated with high honors. And then I did a Master of Divinity right there. And I also graduated with high honors. But during that time, I, I started to teach at Crown Professional College in 2002. Um, I taught several courses in psychology, sociology, uh, world history, etc. There, I spent several years there teaching. And then I applied at the Jamaica Theological Seminary. Um, to teach. I started to teach there in 2003, and uh, I taught for several years. Uh, in fact, I taught at the Jamaica Theological Seminary from 2003 to 2016, several courses, um, from courses in academic writing to philosophy, courses in theology, Bible, etc. But I also started to work at the, the Jamaica Theological, Theological Seminary in 2005 as the registrar. I spent two years serving as the registrar from 05 to 07. And then in 2007, I started to work as the quality assurance and assessment coordinator and acting head of the Department of Behavioral and Social Sciences at the Jamaica Theological Seminary. I served in that position until 2008 when I came out to, as you have been describing it, cool, cool Mandeville to serve at Bethel Bible College as the academic dean and lecturer. Uh, so I, I served as the academic dean from 2008 uh, right up to August of this year. So I served for 14 years as the academic dean at Bethel Bible College, which later was renamed the Bethel Bible College of the Caribbean, Jamaica. 
uh, and I also serve, uh, I've been serving, I should say, as a lecturer since 2008 as well. I've lectured in several courses, but the main areas that I've lectured in are the biblical languages, biblical Hebrew and biblical Greek. And effective September 1 of this year, I started to serve as the president of Bethel Bible College of the Caribbean, Jamaica. So Reverend William, when your father asked you if you're sure <laughs> that you wanted <laughs> to come to Jamaica, <laughs> that, that question was not even necessary because after coming here, the number <laughs> of positions uh, that you have held since that time, you came to Jamaica in when, 1997? Oh, yes. And you've done your bachelor's, your master's, and you've done your doctor of divinity. And now <laughs> you are the president of yeah. the institution. So definitely you made the right decision in coming to Jamaica. Uh, reflecting on this journey, uh, Reverend Williams, tell us, did you even envision that you would be at this stage? Yeah, tremendous question again. Um, <clears throat> let me also tell you, um, Keisha, that I have served in several um, positions in the church as well, not just in academia. Well, we're getting to that to right. question shortly. Um, I wanted to reflect on your this educational journey because okay, sure. when you were coming to Jamaica from St. Vincent and right. um, you wanted to, to get your educational qualifications, right? Right, right. Right. Indeed. And uh, I can tell you that I, I have felt or had felt before I became president here at Bethel that it would happen for, for many years. Um, I can tell you that I, I have really sensed that it was a path that I was on. In fact, I thought it would have happened before this year. Um, because of my track record as an educational administrator. I have I've done so much, you know, I have basically um, transformed the, the academic department and contributed to the, to the transformation of other areas of the Bethel Bible College of the Caribbean. When I was at the Jamaica Theological Seminary as well, I, I did some transformational work as registrar. So I, I felt like I had, uh, you know, tremendous uh, experiences. I developed expertise and here at Bethel, uh, significant institutional knowledge. I demonstrated the capacity for, for efficient and effective educational administration. So I, I sensed for many years that it was coming. And when I was told finally by the leaders of the New Testament Church of God here in Jamaica that they had selected me to serve as president, it was like, yeah, I saw it coming. And many persons who have known me over the years have either called me or seen me and said the same thing, that they saw it coming. And it wasn't a surprise at all. Right. Now, you have ascended 
I am going to say ascended to one of the highest roles at this institution. And by par, you know, in your educational journey, being the president. Now, we're going to look at the religious aspect. You being a part of the New Testament Church of God. We're not going to talk about your lovely wife that you mentioned. <laughs> She's a what? A church of God. A beautiful church. No, hold on. Let's get it right. A beautiful Jamaican and church of God woman. We're going to oh, yes. talk about that at the, the, at the last part. <laughs> so we're going to look at that journey too. In the church, you have been moving. The, 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 the Bible, <laughs> the Christian church would say moving like a magnet. You have oh, yes. been growing and growing and growing. Tell us about Indeed. that. Okay, I started out in the year 2005 at the Duhaney Partner Testament Church of God as its pastor. To be honest with you, Keisha, I should have started out five years before that, pardon. I left Bethel Bible College in the year 2000, in May of 2000. And normally when you leave Bethel Bible College, when you graduate from Bethel Bible College, you would enter the pastorate. But I didn't have a good experience in a meeting um, earlier that year with a particular leader of the denom, and I can say it now, and I said, you know what, I'm not going to become a pastor. Um, I'm going to go and get a master's degree and teach. But I, I had all, always sensed that I should become a pastor. So for five years, I, I just didn't even think about it. I didn't want to do it until um, I was in a service one day and someone was preaching and the person just stopped, just like that, believe it, came, stood in front of me and said, you, uh, God has called you, your seat is reserved among great prophets. Uh, you don't have to fight whatever God's gonna elevate you, etc." And I knew then that God wanted me to do just that. And so I became a pastor. And as I mentioned, at the Duhaney Park Church, I served for two years. Then I went to the Roden Crescent New Testament Church of God in the Olympic Gardens community. That was an interesting experience there under Reverend John Hardy. I was the assistant pastor. When I left and I came to Mandeville, when I came to be the academic dean here at Bethel, I served at the Battersea New Testament Church of God for two years. Then in 2010, I went to the George's Valley. I was assigned to the George's Valley New Testament Church of God, where I served for 12 years until the end of August of this year. But, but while I was at the George's Valley New Testament Church of God, I was elevated to the position of district overseer in the New Testament Church of God. What that means is that you are now a supervising pastor. You are supervising other pastors within a district of churches. Some denominations like the Baptist Church calls them circuits, you know? So I was over uh, a district of churches. I was now supervising some pastors. And then last year, I was elected to the National Executive Council of the New Testament Church of God by my peers here in Jamaica. The very first academic dean, the very first Vincentian born um, person to have been elevated to that position. And so I served, it, it's a two year term, but I served for one year. I had to to come off of that council because I was appointed president here at Bethel. And I also served for that year from last September to August of this year as the parish coordinator 
of Northern Clarendon. That's the churches in the New Testament Church of God in Northern Clarendon. So I did quite a lot of work during that time. And as you rightly put it, I was elevated through the ranks uh, in the New Testament Church of God in Jamaica. Oh, see, a phenomenal journey when you took that, that plane. <laughs> when you ah. took that plane from St. Vincent and the Grenadines and came to Jamaica, you have achieved phenomenal success since landing on Jamaican shores in 1997. All right, yes. so as president, of the Bethel Bible College of the Caribbean. How has that journey been going so far? And how have you been incorporating both ministerial duties as well as academic duties? Okay, so I have just been the president for um, just weeks. about a month. Uh, I've been the president for just about a month. <laughs> um, <laughs> But during that time, I can tell you that we have done quite a lot, you know, in terms of renovating the campus and revamping some of our processes. Um, so uh, 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 we have accomplished quite a bit within that time. And, and it's because I, I know the college so well and I know what needs to be done, uh, you know, et cetera. So I, I just slotted in quite seamlessly. Um, I must say to you, though, that I am not pastoring anymore. Uh, the denomination does not allow the president to serve as a pastor. Um, so I had to uh, demit office as the pastor of the George's Valley New Testament Church of God and um, the district overseer of the George's Valley District of Churches. So I'm no longer within the sanctuary as a pastor. So to speak, I am now fully in the seminary, sorry, as a president. So that's that's what I am focusing on solely. All right, so tell us now, Reverend Williams, with such a busy, busy schedule, <laughs> when do you find time for recreational activities? What are some of the things that you like to do? And how do you incorporate family life into your daily activities of you're married and you have children. Tell us about that. Well, to be honest with you, Keisha, um, it's difficult to find time for recreational activities. <laughs> My schedule is really, really tight. It's, um, but you know, I love cricket a lot and I love to play dominoes. I can recall growing up, we played a lot of cricket and dominoes. Um, so I still love them. Um, whenever I get the opportunity to, I play cricket. Um, in my send-off recently at the George's Valley Church, some persons at another church talked about my cricket playing skills and all of that. So I, I love that. I, I love to play dominoes. And there are times when I spend some time with friends and colleagues to do that. Uh, or I do it on my phone in, in an app that I have. Um, so those are the things I love to do. I spend time with my family going out as well. We go out at different times. And, and so I could talk about family life now. I've, I've been married to Sidani for over 18 years now. She is from the what they call the Garden Parish of St. Anne. She's from Alexandria in St. Anne. We met at Bethel, actually. 
she was a student at Bethel. She was a year ahead of me when we when I met her here. And um, uh, so in 2004, we got married and uh, um, our son was born in 2005, our daughter in 2009. So they are both teenagers now. Our son just did a fantastic job on, C on uh, the CSEC exams. He did nine, he got nine with five ones and four twos. Our daughter is in second form. She topped her class in first form. Um, so my family, they, they're, they're fine. My wife is at the Heart Trust NT, NSTA as a career services officer out here um, in Mandeville, and she does a fantastic job there. Um, my wife and I find time to spend together. Yes, we go out on dates. So we do that generally weekly. We go out on a date somewhere. Mandeville is limited in terms of places to go, but yes, we find a restaurant so somewhere. Mandeville is the sleeping town. <laughs> eh? Yes, it is, it is. But we have a few restaurants that we have identified and at different times we just, you know, alternate and we sit and talk and laugh and, and we enjoy ourselves. Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm enjoying my family. I'm giving God thanks for them. And, um, you know, I'm grateful to the Lord for what he has done. Reverend Dr. Williams, thank you so much for joining us today on Impact in Jamaica. And congratulations on all your successes across the board, both in the church and in academia. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Impact in Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Red Stripe, Kyramed, and Proven Investments Limited. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate, and encourage, send us an email to impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcast, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com.